that uh, we saw a little bit of traffic where we, that we suspected might have been parked there deliberately. There was no shop, but there was traffic. It would be naive of us to consider that the situation would be the same, in other words, no traffic, if a shop were there. We had an example of cars parking on the corner in the Hammerhead. They would still do that all the time. The congestion would be tremendous. As somebody mentioned, the delivery vehicles would never get down there. So unsustainability would come into it because the shop wouldn't be able to be supplied for a start. Um, it is in a totally the wrong situation and the site, the, the, uh, the estate does need a, a shop. Nobody doubts that. But this is in the totally the wrong site and I should vote against it. Councillor Davy. Madam Chairman, I take a, a slightly different view on all of this. It, I, it strikes me that this is possibly the only chance the area has got of getting a shop at all. And if we don't allow it, um, they may never have a shop. So on that basis, I will be supporting the application. Councillor Hicks. Thank you, Chairman. Um, I have to agree with Councillor Davy. I think that um, I, I, I was going to ask, in fact, for a ruling on how um, uh, how far we can consider um, delivery problems and people's propensity for parking in the wrong places. How far can we take that into account in arriving at a planning decision? Uh, I live in the centre of Dunmo. In a, in a cul-de-sac um, and frequently the people who work in the centre of Dunmo um, park their cars in my road and in adjacent roads and cause problems for uh, dust uh, waste collection vehicles and other large vehicles. It happens. Um, this is part of um, uh, urban stroke rural life and uh, I, I think um, you, you to, to uh, pick on this particular form of development as, as being a, a major contributor to that is, is, is just not a fact. The fact is those things are going to happen anyway. Um, I think it's far more important, does this area require a convenience shop? And is it going to provide what the residents want? And I suspect it is. And, and for that reason... Um, as Councillor Davies said, I, I would um, support this application for approval rather than refusal. Councillor Ranger. Uh, thank you, Chairman. <coughs> I've got a couple of concerns, um, but basically I think we, although we have um, the master plan that said there will be a shop, um, and as has been pointed out by, by Councillor Davy, um, this could, may be the last chance, but the estate is nearly finished. It hasn't got a convenience shop. If it never, ever ended up with a convenience shop and didn't get that much bigger, how much worse off are the residents? Not a lot. If you put one there and it causes problems, how much worse off are the residents? A lot. So you've got to really, I think, bring in a, um, a bit of common sense to this argument and you have to say that looking at the parking arrangements, mixing commercial parking and residential parking does not work, especially in tandem. Those four spaces will be negated from day one. 
um, the disturbance, the commercial activity to the immediate residents, I think, will be quite high. Um, and I'm going to fall on the side that says this one isn't right by my uh, thoughts and I'll be voting against it. Councillor Kant. Thank you. I, th I think it's a balance between um, how much you want the shop, really. Um, the, we have a community shop in, in my village, which is on a reasonably narrow part of the high street. And yes, it does cause the odd parking problem, but people who pop into convenience shops, it, it's not like Tesco's where they spend half an hour wandering around. They're usually in the shop for a couple of minutes and within five minutes the car has been and gone. Um, all the deliveries are in small vehicles, most of them in um, you know, transit van type vehicles. And we've been very clear about that, that because of the position on the high street, it would be very difficult. And I think it depends on the relationship you have with your suppliers. I think if, if you're a Tesco or a Sainsbury's Metro or Express type score, then you don't have any control because you're at the control of that. But I think if you're a small independent, you do have the ability to say, um, you know, we, we need the deliveries. And, and most, most reasonable firms have a, an option to deliver in a larger or smaller vehicle. So I'm a bit ambivalent about it. In one way, I think it would be very good for the community to have um, a local shop. On the other hand, um, I think it, it will cause parking problems. Everything causes parking problems these days. The, the only real worry I had about it is that it looks to me as if the parking is tandem parking. And tandem parking for one individual is very different to tandem parking for two separate individuals. So that it means if the, if the, if the staff shop have the two outside parking spaces, then the people from the flats, if they want to leave or come home, are going to have to knock on the shop door and say, excuse me, can you move your car so we can get ours in, which seems to me a wholly unsatisfactory arrangement. I'm assuming that the bit at the end of Clark's Close, where we stopped this morning, is probably next to the front door where most people would park. They wouldn't actually turn into the close. They'd probably just park at the end of that cul-de-sac and then drive off again. Um, it, so I... Yeah. The, 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 big thing, the big question we have to answer is the need for a shop on the estate, which of course is a great asset to an estate like that, especially the people that live within the five, ten minutes, uh, they will walk. Um, to the other people well it's sad that if they don't walk they maybe will find that they can't walk I, I think this committee gets very hung up on that everybody's going to leap in their car um, it's a great shame we all maybe need to look at our health what I'm saying is it is the balance that we have to get I totally agree with you Councillor Kant that small shops have more um, their suppliers will be told to come in a smaller van and they do come in a smaller van if they are requested to well actually after the first time they can't get there in a bigger van they'll come in a smaller van because they'll want to do the business so it is, it is, a, it is a, a very fine line that we have to balance here as to, to the convenience of having a shop on the estate because otherwise 
all those people from Forest Hill, uh, Forest Hall Park are going to go up to Cambridge Road. And we all know what, well, if you live down south, you know what Cambridge Road is like trying to get from the co-op to, to Tesco's. I had quite a lot of damage done to my car on Cambridge Road because of the problems that it has there. So it is a very fine line. Um, I've got a few people that wish to come back again. First of all, Councillor Lemon. Just to come back on um, the people that are saying, well, cars do park where they shouldn't, but that's exactly what we're trying to stop here, that uh, we don't want people parking where they shouldn't, and they will park there, and these delivery vehicles just won't get in. But people will always park where they shouldn't, Councillor Lemon. I've been doing this job for a long time. Right. Councillor Mackman, you wish to come back. Oh, thank you very much. Uh, just, just thinking uh, bread deliveries for a start off. I mean, Kingsmill delivering massive lorries. Uh, I should mention Warburton's, as I say. I've never seen small bread delivery vans delivering to shops. So that's going to be an issue. As I, I just don't think that that site will work for a shop. I mean, I agree that it would be very nice for Forest Hill Park if they had a shop. But it hasn't happened yet, and I agree with Councillor Ranger that if it doesn't happen, if it goes in the wrong place, they're worse off than they are now. Councillor Perry. Thank you, Chairman. As you've said, it's a balance to be drawn, and it is a fine balance. But I'd like to do a day in my life. Half past five in the morning, the alarm goes off in the shop opposite. Quarter to six, you start seeing the cages moved around, which squeak all the time. Six o'clock. The air chiller unit goes on, you get that all night long and all day. And then you start with the people parking, blocking drives and all the rest of it. The MPPF is quite clear, the three roles that have to do for sustainability and also the development has to improve the conditions in which people live, work, travel and take leisure. And this does not. And also one other thing, milk lorries, they don't deliver to just one site, they deliver to many and I've never seen a milk lorry come in small units. Well, I used to remember the milk lorry coming, well not the milk lorry, the milk van coming around and you could hear that as well. So I mean you, traffic is traffic. Councillor Minnell. Uh, Chairman, the master plan obviously said there should be a shop but should we not be asking the community whether A it wants a shop or B it wants a car park? because it sounds to me as if Plot 164 would be better put forward as a car park. I don't think that's part of the planning application in front of us. Right, does anyone, nobody else wishes to have... Oh, I'm sorry, Councillor Eastman, you were missed by everybody. Thank you, Madam Chairman. Um, we do sympathise with, with Councillor Hicks, and... We believe we've all had the problems of not being able to get out of our driveways. Um, to my mind, we shouldn't accept it, as Councillor Hicks suggests, as part of everyday life. It's something, parking in inappropriate places is an aggravation, it's an annoyance, and it will happen. There's no, absolutely no reason why we should support that. And by tantamount to accepting that we have a, a, a shop on this site, we are supporting that illegal parking. I don't believe we should, and uh, we know that congestion is going to occur. We know that lorries are going to be big, not small. No matter how many times you say to a lorry a supply company, can you deliver your mother's pride loaves in transits? They're going to say, no. <laughs> I'm sorry, we... we 
we do know that that happens and we know that people will get in their cars and drive to the shop. It is human nature. If they live 10 minutes away, it'll take them a minute and a half to drive. If, 10 minutes by walking. They live, it'll take them a minute and a half to drive. If it's raining, they'll certainly use their car. And they will not stop using their car. No matter what we say, or how undesirable it is, or how much more eco-friendly it would be to use your bike or walk, people will not do it. And by approving this, we'll be, we'll be condoning it. And I don't believe we should. All right, before I go to the, the vote, there was signals here. Do you wish to say anything? You really no? Okay, fine. Right, yeah, I did. No, no, no. Well, first of all, Mr Taylor wished to make, to make some point. Yeah. Um, it was just really before the vote in terms of clarifying the reasons for refusal. Um, what I've heard, both from the proposal and second about the general discussion, is around access and parking for delivery vehicles, which I would suggest does actually come in Gem 1, um, and then a lack of on-site parking provision for the uses, uh, both in terms of lack of and design of, in terms of the tandem parking, which I think is both GN8 and GN2. So I think you've only proposed two policies, and, and you extrapolated on those, but I think there are three in two reasons. Yeah, I think there are three policies in two reasons in that, that way. No, no, no. No, that's why I thought it was important for the officer to come in. So you're suggesting that the proposer and seconder um, accept that it's Gen 1, 2, one, two and 8. Yes, but Gen 1 in relation to access okay. and parking for delivery vehicles, yeah. it's, not, it's not the policies, and Gen 2 and Gen 8 in relation to the lack of and design of the on-site parking provision for the proposal. I was uh, wondering how we um, go about um, bad neighbourliness. Is that... Uh, well, that's not really been discussed. It's all been about parking. So no, that's why I focus sorry, on I made the point. Yeah when I said there would be disturbance to residents. In fact, what you're saying is it's loss of amenity to the residents that are around there, and I can't remember which one it comes yeah. into. It, it, Gen 2. Well, no, it's, it's Gen 2. Gen, two. Um, Gen 4 is more to do with, um, uh, I don't know, large noises or mm. air-conditioned units or things like that, that that are being proposed in relation to that. That's not necessarily being proposed here. Um, it's more to do with the design and impact on our neighbours neighbor, in terms of um, Gen 2, I would yeah. suggest. Yeah, it is. It is. Loss comes of under Gen 2 H. Yeah. Okay. You. Do you wish to accept that, the proposer and the seconder? Okay, fine. I will go to the vote. All those in favour of refusal for the reasons stated, please show. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Those against, please show. One, two, three. Any abstentions? One abstention. One. It has been uh, refused. Okay, we will now go on to the next item agenda. We're still in Stansted. And we will go to UTT 150831, which is detailed following outline. And Mrs. Stevenson, you're going to take us through that. Oh, we'll just wait a couple of minutes while people leave.
Thank you, Chair. Supplementary representations have been circulated amongst members. A consultation response has been received from the Council's Access and Equalities Officer confirming compliance. An additional neighbour response raising no new concerns and information from the applicant regarding access and landscaping. This application is for reserve matters approval in relation to access, scale, layout and appearance following the granting of outline permission for the erection of one dwelling. The principle of residential development for the erection of one dwelling at this site has been established under UTT 133450 OP. The layouts, design, scale and appearance are identical to the indicative layout submitted at outline stage with some minor fenestration alterations. Both the outlined and current application indicates a new access proposed to run along the southern boundary. This would be used to serve both existing and proposed dwelling. The existing will be closed. Essex County Council Highways have no objections subject to conditions regarding width of access and pedestrian visibility displays. The applicant has submitted a plan demonstrating that this can be achieved within the site. The proposal is considered to be in accordance with the relevant Office of Local Plan Policies and the recommendation is for approval. Thank you. Now we have some speakers on this and the first person to speak is Simon Howard Dobson. I actually thought I had five minutes um, and I'm speaking on behalf of a number of the local residents so I'll be as quick as I can. I'm speaking on behalf of my clients as well as uh, reflecting my own professional opinion on this uh, application and I must say on behalf of my clients they're dismayed that your offices have not taken a much more robust and responsible approach to this application for approval of reserve matters. It's clear as proven by two refusals at committee and dismissals at appeal that the construction of this property is in fact contrary to policy and your officer just said that it complies with your policies, clearly it doesn't. It's injurious to the interests of the neighbours. It severely undermines the strength and robustness of your own policies. Twice this committee has objected, refused consent and been supported by inspectors for exactly the same form of development that your officers approved at outline under delegated powers. With regard to this application reserve matters, the applicants have not provided a full survey of the site with the dimensions and levels. Furthermore, your officers have not requested one. So how then can your officers be certain that the proposal will not be even more injurious than my clients fear? What certainty can there be that the driveway will not need to rise above natural ground levels or indeed that levels will need to be lowered? How can it be certain that drainage and services will be possible to be routed without causing harm or flooding into the neighbouring properties? These are not simply building control issues when protection from flooding or protection of a TPO tree is involved. I would point out that on the last application, fortunately refused, the site section, such as it was, showed the levels reduced, and yet they were talking about a no-dig solution to protect the tree, boundary, the tree on the boundary. Clearly contradictory. This brings me to the matter of the tree. The location is still not defined on any drawing. No root protection area has been submitted and no scheme of work to construct a no-dig solution has been submitted. I note that a condition is proposed to be attached to any consent that may be granted, but it is our view that this is too little, too late. It is too risky to assume that the details they later submit will be satisfactory. This information should be required now. A grant of consent today simply strengthens the likelihood that this dreadful consent will be bulldozed through. We believe that the officers should insist on the maximum amount of information, not the minimum amount of information on this application. Uh, 
and proof of this is that it is only because of objections submitted that the applicants have revised their drawings to now provide an access that complies with Essex County Council highway conditions which your officers in fact failed to impose on the outline consent. However, in doing so, they have proved that the access cannot be constructed within the site area shown on the application drawings and bounded in red. Furthermore, far from the subtle alteration implied in that application, there will be an 8 metre wide opening in the existing wall with a 5 metre dropped kerb instead of only an opening only a little wider than the original. This is not a driveway, it is a road. It will despoil the character of the area. It should be noted that there is no consent to build outside the area shown on the approved drawings. This should be addressed through a Section 73 application, which you can and should refuse. I may make one further point, if I may, very quickly. Um, this application was granted by your officers under delegated powers, but the, two previous, uh, the one previous application and the subsequent one were both refused by you and went to appeal and were supported at appeal. They were dismissed. You have the powers under Section 97 of the Town and Country Planning Act as a local authority to withdraw a consent that is found to be contrary to policy or should otherwise not be constructed. Your officers may warn about compensation, but you should be robust and stand up to an applicant who, through their misleading drawings and planning design and access statement, caused your officers to understand that aspects of the national planning policy framework overruled your policies, but they do not, as evidenced by the many recent appeals. Compensation in any event is limited to the damage suffered in consequence of the withdrawal, and in this case it would be minimal. Uh, I've had my time. I will stop, although yeah, I had yeah, more to say. Um, Denise White, uh, Wright, sorry, the next person who wishes to speak. Oh, Dennis, I'm sorry, you're down no, on Denise. No, um, I'm speaking on behalf of uh, Denise. Okay, fine. Right, um, and you are... I wanted to speak first, Peter Yarnold. Mr. Oh, you're Arnold. Well. You're, you're, you're down as well. Yeah. So are you reading a statement from Mrs. Wright? Yes. Okay, could you do that and please stick within the three minutes if you could, and then you can speak on your behalf. We asked you to please take a careful look at this plan and application. Another similar application was made on this site, which yourselves saw fit to refuse. It was appealed against and still it was refused. The applicant has now gone back to previous application, which was passed by the planning officer still has the same issues as the other applications which was refused. The reasons for refusals were harm to neighbouring properties, cramped and out of character. The appeal inspector actually stated it would have a harmful effect on living conditions of existing occupiers with regard to noise and disturbance. My property backs directly onto the proposed driveway where cars will be parked close to the boundary fence. Surely this will have harmful effect on our living conditions with noise of cars and deliveries and to 38A Bentfield Road whose boundary runs the entire length of the driveway. The TPO tree which was left off the original plans that was the parish council saw had not been addressed. There is a proposed no dig solution for the driveway but no actual report for the roots of the tree have been recommended. Where will the services and drains run to the new build? Will this harm the tree roots? Also, the no-dig policy will raise the driveway by 450 millimetres, which will raise the whole build and surrounding fences. We feel nothing about this application has been properly dealt with, as it has not been fit. It was not fit to be granted in 2005, and now twice it should not be now. Thank you. That was uh, Mrs. 
right. Right statement. And now, if you would like to read your statement, Mr. Yarnov. Thank you. Well, here we are again. Once again, as my neighbour said, we all had this um, application refused. Just to say that I pass these offices many times. I go to the local um, care home up the road and uh, see the poor people in there, and you might say, well, what's this got to do with planning application? Well, maybe one day I'll have to be in a care home and I'll have to sell my house. Will I be able to sell it? Will it be devalued? We don't need this building at the bottom of our gardens. It's a nice open space. If I had the power of a planning, would I give it planning application approval where I wouldn't see it nobody here will ever actually see that in their committee the same with the buildings today, who would see it my five neighbours and myself at 38A and 42 Bentford Road 35, 37, 39 and 40 Bentford Gardens would always be looking at this building all the technical reasons for this say no, refusal last September and an appeal refused this year. Again, these proposals is out of character and appearance of the area and living conditions of existing neighbours. Nothing has changed from previous refusals. What are the future? Who, what are the legacy of this building? The original house there, what would they have? Future generations did live in this house. They would just look out onto a bungalow, whereas now there is a nice garden. And just to illustrate, if I was to write a letter to the council, if I wrote it freehand, if I wrote it block capitals, if I wrote it in an email, it would be the same letter. This is the same building. It's just been squeaked here and squeaked there, windows taken out, drives changed, but it's still the same building. Please, ladies and gentlemen, I ask you to do your bit for planet Earth and refuse this building, because, because if there is no room for, for, for nature... There is no nature. This building will not help housing at all in the local area, so I just ask you to refuse this planning application. Thank you. Thank you. And now we have the... I don't know if it's the applicant or the agent. Uh, Eleanor Luther. actually have nine minutes if you so wish to thank you i won't i won't speak for nine good afternoon my name is eleanor luther i'm the daughter of the applicant linda luther and today i will speak on my mother's behalf firstly if mr howard dobson's experience is a material planning consideration i note that your own planning officers the parish council and john grayson have significant experience in these matters and none of them have raised any objection to this application and all feel it should be approved. The appeal decision is of limited relevance to the current application of reserved matters because it is related to a completely different, fully detailed application. The current application sticks rigidly to the approved outline drawings and conditions. It is important to note that this is an application for reserved matters relating to outline planning permission for the erection of a single-storey dwelling that was granted on the 27th of January 2014. The only reserved matters outstanding now are access, layout, scale, appearance and landscaping. In relation to access, on the 27th of March 2015, the Essex County Council Highway Authority confirmed that it had no objection to the proposal, subject to conditions. We have submitted drawings that adhere to all of these conditions. 
Indeed, the vehicular access will be 5 metres wide for at least 6 metres into the site and a 1.5 by 1.5 metre visibility splay will be provided on both sides of the vehicular access, leaving ample room for three parking spaces for the existing dwelling. The layout, scale and appearance of the dwelling are the same as shown indicatively on the approved outline drawing. In relation to landscaping, full details of both hard and soft landscape works will be submitted before the erection of the development is commenced. I stress that any comments relating to other matters are not relevant because it is only the reserve matters that are under consideration. All other matters were considered upon the granting of outline permission. Please note that the Parish Council raised no objections to this application as long as the building is contained within the footprint already granted outline consent, which it undoubtedly is. Your planning officers have recommended this application for approval, subject to conditions. These are the protection of the TPO tree in number 38A's garden, the restriction on permitted future development rights and the vehicular access abiding by the highway authority's conditions. We appreciate that those conditions must and will be adhered to prior to the commencement of the works. In conclusion, outline permission was granted. This application for reserve matters sticks rigidly to those outline drawings and conditions. The Parish Council raised no comments. The planning officers have recommended it for approval and confirmed it abides by all relevant planning policies. Therefore, we see no reason why this application for reserve matters should not be granted by the committee. Thank you for your time this afternoon. Thank you. Before I start with people coming in, could you just uh, comment one of the officers on um, our right to withdraw? Of course, we've got a right to withdraw, but I think that goes usually with a very large bill. I think there was a number, a number of other things that were mentioned as well I'd like to clarify, which I will come to that particular issue. I'll do it in, in order that I heard them, to be honest. I should remind them that Simon Howard Dobson is the, one of the first speakers, a professional planner, so therefore, um, and that needs to be in the context of, of, of some of those issues. The tree protection condition that was mentioned, there is no, there's not a no-dig condition. There's a tree protection measures need to be submitted to us. That could be anything, but it needs to be submitted to us prior to development. It could require no-dig. They need to show that no-dig could be possible on that particular site. There may be other uh, matters that need to be required to protect the trees. It could be, it might not be, but it could be as simple as putting chestnut paling around the, around the tree. But that is why we're actually, so all the matters are covered without tree protection measures. Second issue regarding some of the highway conditions that are now suggested, that wouldn't have been put on in terms of the highway in the original outline because the outline matter had the highway matters reserved and so therefore the standard highway matters to be submitted reserved matters condition would, would have covered everything because now's the time where we consider the issues in terms of detailed highway issues. The previous outline, which is still there, it is a delegated, it is a properly made delegated decision, has always been there while we've been making these other decisions in terms of a full application, and members were aware of that last time. It is not a question of semantics in terms of saying previously we were dealing with a, uh, a full application and now we're dealing with a, a, a details following outline. We are now following details of following outline. This site has planning permission for a bungalow in that location. We are now dealing with the, the issues and the, the last speaker clarified those issues. There is no reason to
to go back and to withdraw that outline permission. The outline was a safely made decision and we have to have good reason to withdraw that. There's been lots of talk about threats of compensation and, and, and suing us. The decision was properly made in an outline decision. You members appreciate the situation regarding the role of the delegated decisions. It's not one officer, it's a number of officers that made that decision. That particular application wasn't called into committee like this one was, like the previous one that you deserved. Her. So it was a properly made decision. But it could be withdrawn, but I can see no reason why it should be withdrawn. And I must point from Simon Howard Dobson, who's a professional planner, to suggest that another professional submit an application, put in misleading information, I don't think is acceptable. Um, it was put in a proper application. He has addressed some of the issues that have arisen during the application. Now, whether he did that on the basis of the case officer contacting them, whether he did that on the basis of the objections, or whether he just realised he needed to do that, is not for us. You now have all the necessary details in front of you. And that's covered all the issues that, that have been raised. Okay, and I will now go to Councillor Easton. Thank you, Madam Chairman. This application has been refused twice, and it's been thrown out. No, it, no I will stop you there. This application has not been refused twice. There has been another application on this site which was refused and went to appeal. This application in out. front of us was a planning permission that was given under delegated powers, which you know we work under, but it has got a full uh, permission for it to go ahead. It's now come in with details. So, what is the reason for it coming to us now? I, I'm, I need clarification on this. Simply because if it was challenged and if it was refused, is there any reason why it should not, been, should not be refused at appeal again? It has... It was given... No, is there any reason why at appeal, if it went to appeal, after we'd refused it, it would not be thrown out? Yes, if, you, missing something if you look at page 66, top of page 66, we have granted planning permission right at the top, 5.2, an outline planning permission. So we have approved the principle of development on this site. No, this we, we work as a... So, so we, the council, have approved planning permission on this site. We've approved the principle. What we're now dealing with now is not planning permission, but it's a reserve matter. It's the details submitted further than that. What we had, secondly, there was a, a full planning application, and that was refused at 5.3 um, by committee, and it was dismissed at appeal. But this reserve matters application has never been refused before. We're dealing with the details of an outline planning permission that this council has approved. So we, we cannot consider the principle of the development because the, we have approved that principle. What we are looking at are the details that have been submitted. Planning Commission has been approved on this site and we are looking, focusing, and we have to focus on the details that have been submitted. The principle is accepted. I appreciate that the details uh, are before us now have been approved. That, that we are to approve the details. We were to approve the details last time, no, which we, we didn't. No, we weren't. Last time was a full planning application. You were considering the principle of the development. It is a, a different distinction between uh, an outline, full, and a reserve matters application. So we are not considering the principle of the development here. Yeah. Planning permission has been granted, so we are now looking at the details. Chairman, so we, we weren't have, last time. We, we have, no, we weren't. We, we have permitted... We were uh, dwelling in, in the rear we took of, this, the appeal of this site. And it was thrown out. 
We were looking at a different application, Councillor Easton. A new application came in the last time, which was a full application. It was actually for a slightly different uh, position on the plot. Uh, it was a different footprint. Different design. And that one, it was refused and it went to appeal. Correct? Mm. So we went, this has already got planning permission in principle. Well, we we're not at that. We're not at that stage because we have. The, what's changed is that we're dealing with a completely different planning application. Well, we're not dealing with planning permission. We're dealing with a reserve matters application. We have granted planning permission. It's different consideration to the previous one. We have granted planning permission under 13.3345. We are now just dealing with the reserve matters, the, the, the detail of the scheme. It helps you, Councillor Eastham. We started this committee this afternoon with an application in Little Dumbo, which had planning permission at outline. We then had to look at the detail. And the, the principle of build had already been accepted there. We were looking at the design, etc. And I think it's fair to say we're doing exactly the same here. Now, sorry, I, I will come straight in. Uh, I'm uh, actually quite intrigued at the uh, potential for withdrawing applications if we were so minded, because I don't think that's been brought up. Can, can I just clarify? We cannot withdraw an application. There's a formal process. If it goes to appeal, and there's, mm. a, there's something called a revocation notice. Mm. Um, in 17 years, I've seen one. All right, so it's something that's very infrequent, um, and it, it, it's not used that there are compensation things, but that's not. But we cannot unilaterally withdraw a, a validly made decision. What Mr. Brown was saying is there have to be reasons to go through um, in terms of did you make an, an inappropriate decision, something went wrong, or something like that. So, so this is you know, this is not in this in this situation. Um, but yes, there's something called a revocation notice. Yeah, um, I was uh, minded to uh, suggest that we defer this because I'd like more information with regard to the tree. Councillor McMahon, we've actually had a site visit there. We've looked at the tree. Um, we, have, um, we have looked at everything on this site. I mean, I think we visited this site um, quite in depth the last time before we made a, the decision the, on the other application to refuse it. Um, I, you may put forward for a site visit, but to my mind, I think that we, as I have said before, the committee, I think, needs to look very hard at the facts in front of us and discuss them. I don't think you're asking for a site visit necessarily. Are you? Can, can you uh, describe what sort of detail you think you might want? Well, I just want to do with regard to the uh, route protection zone, because to me it looks as though the route protection zone is going to interfere with the driveway. That particular matter is secured by, or would be secured if members approve this, this application, um, by condition two that says prior to commencement development, hereby permitted details of tree protection measures in relation to the beach to the south of the site should be submitted and approved and written by the local planning authority. And that, that, that would cover every eventuality in terms of we have not got those details yet, but we would have those details, and uh, the council's uh, albacoratory officer will actually deal with those particular matters. And, and that could cover every eventuality from no dig, 
route protection, put in, or, or the no requirement for tree protection could cover every matter. So I really can't see why we would need to, to further information on that, but that's members' choice. Um, Councillor Higgs is next. Thank you, Chairman. Um, it seems to me that the objections which we heard from um, local residents um, were objections which relate to the original planning application. They, they didn't want a bungalow there, and that's what they were appealing. They were arguing against. That decision has been taken. This is, as you've rightly said, only a, uh, um, to prove or otherwise the detail um, that we're being offered. And uh, what we're being offered seems to me to be. Um, acceptable in the circumstances and I would um, uh, suggest that uh, I would recommend it for approval. Right, uh, I'm just reminded that, did, 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 no, you, you, did you talk about a deferral? I've suddenly realised you talked about a deferral but you didn't actually propose anything. Right, okay. Okay, fine. Right, um, first of all, before I go in, do I have a seconder for, for um, approval? Well, uh, Councillor Ranger, do you want to speak now? Or? No. Right. Could I just say, if we are minded to approve, there's a couple of things that I feel um, would need to be put into the conditions. One being that should be, before commencement on this site, there should be a traffic management. Oh, I've forgotten the word you use it. It's a condition we've got. Construction. Um, and also, do we have a slab level agreement on this? Because I brought that up at outline, I seem to recall. Is it there at outline? No, I didn't bring it up at this one. I brought it up at the, when we were discussing the other one. Do we have a slab level? We haven't, but we can. Can we have a slab level? Because I think that's in, very important with regard to the other. We are covered on the tree. Correct. Now, uh, the proposer and seconder, are you willing to accept those two yes. other conditions? Because I think they no are. No problem, tough. Jim. Right. Um, Councillor Salmon wishes to speak now. Madam Chairman, can Mr. Brown please clarify that all highways' requests have been fulfilled and guarantee that they will comply with what they've asked for? Yes, highways have seen the application. It is in line with what they want. They have raised no objections and they've suggested some conditions which can be achieved on the site. Otherwise, they wouldn't have, they wouldn't have recommended those conditions. So, yes. Councillor Kant. Thank you, Chairman. I think this is one of those applications where we are where we are and there's nothing we can do about that. I think if this had come to committee, I doubt very, very much whether the committee would have approved the outline because of the previous history and the effects on neighbours. But we are where we are. And the only reason we could, we could disapprove this, I think, is if we felt that a better application that was less intrusive could come forward. And to be honest, I cannot imagine one. The building is, uh, well, it's almost like somebody's garden room. I mean, it's, it's low, it's unobtrusive, it's uninteresting, um, <laughs> it's smallish. I doubt whether you could get anything that was smaller and still have facility to live in. 
Um, the access, you know, it goes between the two houses. It's further away from 30, whatever it is, 38 than it is to 40. So I doubt whether you could do anything about that. I mean, I don't like it, but to be honest, in we are where we are, and I, I very much doubt whether you could get anything smaller and and better than that, really. Just one moment, you're not uh, the next one on the list. Councillor Perry, yes. Thank you, Chairman. Can I ask our legal officer, I think I know the answer anyway, because we were involved with a full appeal stage, does that bar us from discussing this now? And what came first? Was it the outline or the fall? Is my question to officers. What came first on the timeline? No, that's approved. When were they first lodged? Okay. If you look at the reference number, the reference number for the outline is 133345 and 14 must be halfway through 2014 sometime. So, I don't know, six months after the approval of the... Okay. Roughly. Six months after the approval of the outline. I, I just feel that both our hands are tied here. Councillor Easton. Um, um, Councillor Kent, Kent man mentioned the size of the building. In fact, the size of the construction is larger than the one dismissed at appeal in 2005. Is it? It was also... Yeah. I have to think it is. You look at it, that's what it says. That's what the appeal said, the appeal decision last time said. It's quite true. It is a substantial building, and it is in the site. It is on the site, and, and it is. Johnny, the appeal it was, was substantial. refused. The appeal. It chucked it out. Yeah. yeah. 2005. It's a big. The f it chucked a smaller building than that out. No. This one here. No, it's the other way around. No, no, it's the other way around. This building that has planning permission outline is smaller than the one that came in front of us for the full application, which we turned down and then was dismissed at appeal, if I remember rightly. Otherwise, uh, hmm? It is correct. The, the, yeah, sorry, we need to clarify. What's happened was that we've got a number of we've got a 2005 appeal, which was refused and dismissed on appeal. We had a 2013 outline approval. We had a 2014 when this committee uh, refused a full application, which was dismissed on appeal. This is smaller than the 2014 one that was dismissed on appeal. That's what we're saying, and that's the most. I mean, that is the most recent appeal decision that we're dealing with. Uh, but, of course, that was in the context of a full application, not in the context of... Oak. Uh, Madam Chairman, it seems to me a classic example of uh, something that really went uh, <coughs> below the radar in as far as it, when, when the application was pub published, there was an opportunity for the Parish Council uh, to ask for it to be called in. There was an opportunity for the uh, local district councillor to have got it called in so that it would have come before committee. It didn't. It was passed 
and it has happened. And it's something that, a salutary lesson to us all, that when applications come along which have been um, perhaps dismissed or whatever, they've got a track record, uh, it, it is up to the parish council and the district councillors to call them in if, 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 if it rings an alarm bell. It, it passed under the radar. There's nothing we can do about it. That's it. It is true. It's a solitary lesson to us all that you have to read those lists and we get notification. They come through quite regularly um, and we need to look at them very carefully. Um, Sometimes some do slip under the radar. Councillor Salmon, I'll give you the last word on this. Yes, Madam Chairman, I did call it in in 2014. It didn't get under the parish council's radar. They asked me to call it in. We had a site visit. The only one that got under the radar was when it was delegated by an officer in 2013. That's the one we're talking about because you had the... Um, Can I just clarify? A delegated decision is not under the radar. A delegated decision is like 90% of the applications we made. is a publicly made decision in an appropriate way. It just didn't come to planning committee. There's a difference between that and going under the radar. It wasn't called to committee. What Councillor Davy said after that was correct. He didn't get called in and that's, that's the reason why you, he didn't have a public outing like this one did. It's not under the radar. In other words, the local members, the parish council, had the opportunity on the 2013, if they were concerned about it, to ask the local member to bring it to the committee. That did not happen. And that is why we are where we are. And on that note, I am going to go to the vote. It has been proposed and seconded for approval with two extra conditions, um, site um, construction management condition and a slab level agreement. All those in favour, please show. Sorry, for approval. For approval. All those. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Those against... One, two, three, four. And any abstentions? Any abstentions? Did you... So you... you, uh, Did you vote for, against or abstain? I voted for. Oh, that's fine. Oh, fine. That's fine. Yeah, I know. There is a problem, actually. Do we want the blinds down? Can we can we work these ones behind? Is that no, it's all or nothing. It's a whole oh, okay. It's all or nothing, Jackie. Okay, right. That application has been passed. Right. The next one is we can't get out of Stansted today. Um, the next one is UTT. You must go right. Um, UTT 143539 Stansted and Mr Theobald you're going to take us through it it's the skate park at Stansted All right, okay, fine. Uh, Post Councillor Eastman and Councillor Matman have had to leave for various reasons.
So both Councillor Eastham and Councillor Mackman have had to retire. Thank you, Thank you Chair. Uh, this is uh, a replacement skate park including boundary fencing with flood lighting on columns at the existing skateboard park facility at uh, the Lower Street car park in Stansted. Uh, this is the location. You can see it's uh, past the, uh, where the new medical centre is being built here. This is the design of the skateboard park. Uh, this shows it in a bird's eye view. Uh, this is a sort of end on from the front of the park and you can see that it's got various concrete mounds and uh, uh, facilities which will uh, bring uh, new life uh, uh, to this uh, existing skateboard park facility according to the, uh, the council. Uh, this is the fencing which will be uh, on the front uh, and uh, the lighting. This is uh, just views of the existing facility. Just quickly go through those. Uh, that's what we've got. Okay, so you get a general feel. That's from the, the car park and we go through to the end. Now, uh, this is to be um, recommended for approval, Chairman, on the basis of the, uh, uh, the reasons I've given in my conclusion. I will just summarise those uh, rather than go through the whole report. The principle of a skateboard park at this local community facility at this Edge of Village Centre location was accepted under the 2003 grant of planning permission for the site. The design of the new skate park is considered acceptable. As you can see, this is what we've got. The proposal would not have an impact on existing parking arrangements and the flood lighting proposed would be acceptable subject to the imposition of an appropriate condition controlling operation usage and submission of further lighting details. Just one uh, uh, housekeeping uh, point, Chairman. Uh, it says on the application description six number uh, uh, flood lighting columns uh, due to a, a redesign uh, of the, uh, the park uh, after receipt of the application that has now been reduced down to, to three lights. Three columns. Thank you. Speakers on this one. So, Councillor Khan. Um, I'm somewhat confused. You showed us some very uh, striking black railings, uh, but then the application seems to have a mesh fence around it. Where do the black railings go? Um, what will happen is that the, the, the black railings, uh, the 1.2 metre, uh, what's called bow top fencing, will be. Um, on the on the uh, frontage, and the the high three meter. Okay, um, it's difficult to describe. I mean, this is obviously um, coming as revised uh, layout drawing. The, the the boundary details, the fencing details, are separate, uh, but we do have 1.2 meter specified for the frontage and three meter high security fencing for the. Um, the boundary onto the railway line. So, um, if I can, yeah, in, that is what's been specified uh, along the frontage. But we don't get the beach huts. No. I uh, don't get the beach huts, no, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. It's not a nice idea, is it? Uh, the, the other thing, looking at going back to the skate park picture, yeah. um, the bit where they go up, 
and go round. The fencing only looks about a foot high. I mean, presumably it's high enough. They won't go yeah. over but, the edge. No, actually, what, it was something that the, the current arrangements, when I actually spoke to a skateboarder on a Friday evening, I actually got down with them and uh, they said there's a, bit, there's a potential for actually going over the top. Yes, I something. So this, this new design is, is supposed to stop that from happening and with the three metre high fencing, uh, that won't occur. Right, okay, I'm happy to propose the recommendation. <laughs> Do I have a second, dear? Councillor Salmon, are you seconding? I was going to say, Madam Chairman, can I declare a non-pecuniary interest as a member of Stancy Parish Council? Oh, right. So, okay, can we make note that? Um, okay, who seconded it? Sorry. Still want to second it. Yeah, yes. Councillor Hicks, you're seconding. Do, uh, seconding. Do you wish to say anything? Um, no, thank you, Chairman. Okay, fine. Right, Councillor Ranger, you're next. Yes, Chairman, my one uh, concern is maintenance of the facility. Um, if you look at the existing photograph, please, uh, of yes. the mesh fence, please, Clive. Yeah. There, no. There's another one. There's a close-up. There. No, no. There's another one. Go on, carry on. Well, that one. That one. Look at it. Right mess. Who's responsible? <laughs> Who's responsible for that? Not the painting on the on the apparatus, but the the, the litter and the lack, the, the unkempt vegetation. I mean, it's not a very good advert, is it? And this is going to be a state-of-the-art new skate park, and if it's left to degrade like that, it would be a shame. Yeah. What I would say uh, to that is that the, um, uh, the Stanford Parish Council are the leaseholders uh, for this, and um, they've assured me that uh, they would have ultimate control and responsibility for any uh, antisocial behaviour. And I would also point out that the, uh, the CCTV coverage existing is um, just in front of this skateboard park. That's the current CCTV camera. There's one proposed for the car park extension behind it, so there'd be full coverage of this skateboard park once it's operational in case there's any um, issues concerning um, antisocial behaviour. That's fine, but what about maintenance uh, and keeping it in a nice... I'm sure I can think of other ones which look super in the, the district, but, but, but is anybody responsible for it? The answer to that is that uh, the Parish Council have um, a lease with the District Council in which it is their responsibility to maintain the, the site, which would include the fencing because that's part of the lease, and we maintain the outside. Is that the, at the moment like that? Yes. Maybe yes. we need to look at our own... Uh, yes, yes, we need to look at our own work because it is, I agree with Councillor Ranger, it's not a good advertisement for the district. All right. Um, next one is Councillor Perry. Thank you, Chairman. There's three main concerns I have with all these skate parks. One is medical facilities. It's nice to see we've got a health centre close by, so that'll be good. Hopefully that'll be done. But there's no first aid on site, which should be. CCTV is good, but it is an attraction for wrong element, and uh, drugs do take place regularly. And there is no facilities there for toilets, and you end up with the hedges and surrounds full of excrement. So there are areas that I find concerning and I would like the Parish Council to take on board. I believe that there is a, a toilet facility which is funded by the parish just at the end of the car park. You know, in the coffee shop, In the coffee shop. In the coffee shop. Yeomans have got their facilities open to the public and also the King's Arms public house. 
So there are two facilities quite close. I, I, I seem to recall having had to use them once. <laughs> they are there. Right, Councillor Manel. Sorry, um, Councillor Ranger took the words out of my mouth because it's disgraceful at the moment. Do you wish to come back on that, Mr Taylor? Well, I, I was just going to comment that I don't think either the parish council or the district council have thought that, that there was much point doing any investment on the site, seeing as it was about to be demolished. Yeah, yes, yes. Well, the outside is already being demolished, isn't it, as part of the, uh, the, the redoing of the car park. So. Yeah. It's been disgraceful for three years. Yeah. That's how we've been talking about it. It's unfortunate it's maybe a lesson to us as the District Council that we should actually put our own house in order in some of the sites before we tell everybody else off. Um, right, I've gone through the list of everybody who wishes to speak. It has been proposed and seconded for approval. Can I just uh, make sure that the cowling is going to come on these three? I did talk about it. It's the state-of-the-art lighting, though, I think, we, when we discussed it at briefing, it, that, that, that they're going to have cows who so do all points down, so there should not be... Yeah. And also, uh, I, I raised it's 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. Now, there used to be um, when these, first, these lights first came on sites on sports fields, because I have played on sports fields that used them, they used to uh, say they would finish at 10, but there was there was half an hour left in the meter so that they went on longer. This is not going to be, it is actually a switch that physically turns it off at 10 o'clock, is that right? I've been assured by the parish council and the, uh, the person I've been talking to that uh, there will be a facility for cutout at 10 o'clock. Okay, fine. I will go to the vote. All those in favour, favour, in favour, favour, please show. <laughs> I think it's unanimous. Oh, I'm said. Right, one abstention. The application is passed, and we oh, we're going, we're coming up to Saffron Walden. So UTT one five zero three nine five full application, Mrs. Sue Shoe Smith. Oh dear, too much chocolate at lunchtime. Thank you, Chairman. The application before us is for Saffron Lodge. I think members will remember this site where we granted planning permission um, for the erection of 31 sheltered apartments, including communal facilities, access car parking and landscaping. Um, members' attention is drawn to the supplementary representations regarding the amendments to the recommendation requiring the need to transfer the previous Section 106 agreement um, regarding contributions towards affordable housing across to this full application. This application seeks the variation of conditions which have been attached um, to the full application and the conservation area consent which was granted, which sought the retention of details uh, which sought the retention of and the details of the existing flint wall and its um, reduction in height. Um, if I show you a picture of what has been built. Um, the flint wall, uh, which we're talking about, the original existed along here, along the boundary. At the time of construction, um, the, um, the flint wall was compromised because of the demolition of an outbuilding. As a result, that had to come down and was rebuilt. Um, now, what is now sought is the reduction of this part of the flint wall. 
to allow for better highway visibility in accessing and um, entering and exiting the site itself. What it will mean is this element of flint wall will um, be removed and be replaced by similar railings which have been um, erected on this part of the entrance itself. Um, no impact is considered upon the character and appearance of the conservation area. Uh, what's being proposed is considered acceptable. There are no highway objections. Therefore, planning permission is recommended um, for approval, uh, subject to the amended um, section 106, sorry, the amended conditions to attach a section 106 agreement for the contributions towards affordable housing. Thank you. Propose the recommendation. Um, can, I, can, I, sorry. can I just add that for future planning committees, the archway that goes through to the rear is not high enough to take Uttlesford community travel. So when they go and pick people up from there, they have to pick them up from the front, so the poor people have to walk through. I do think it's something, particularly with a retirement home, who are likely to use Uttlesford community travel, that that is borne in mind in future. A very good point. The council's um, access officer has reminded me of that in a robust way. So, yeah, <laughs> but it's a, it's a good point to, to raise. Yes. Do I have a seconder? Councillor Lemon seconded. Anybody else, else wish to speak on this matter? Right. All those in favour, please show. Those against? One. One. Right. I won't ask you your reason. Um, the next one is UTT 150546, Saffron Walden, and Mr. Brown, you're going to take us through this. I apologise, it has Nigel on my list, and it's quarter past five, and I didn't look to see who was different. Sam, thank you. Thank you, Chair. The application site is a two-storey semi-detached dwelling located within development limits in Saffron Walden. This application follows a previously sorry, this application relates to the erection of a single-storey front extension and a two-storey rear extension. This proposal follows a previously approved application for a larger scheme and has been revised to remove the two-storey front element and reduce the width of the two-storey rear element. The proposed development is considered to be of acceptable size, scale and design and would have no detrimental impact on the amenity of neighbouring residents. The applicant has demonstrated that there is off-road parking provision for three vehicles in accordance with the adopted Uttlesford parking standards. The proposal is considered to be acceptable. This photograph here shows you the TPO walnut tree located in the rear garden of the site. The council's landscape officer has been consulted and has no objection subject to the imposition of a pre-commencement condition requiring details, details of tree protection measures. Thank you. Um, right. Oh, I'm looking to Councillor Perry. Thank you, Chairman. I asked uh, this morning if we could have something regarding the condition regard to protection of the roots, the tree protection. Uh, I wonder if I can have an answer to what I asked this morning. It is condition two. 
Prior to commencement of the development hereby permitted, details of tree protection measures in relation to the walnut tree to the east of the site shall be submitted to and approved in writing by the local planning authority and the approved details implemented prior to the work commencing. I understand that completely. That wasn't my question. My question related to the fact of what can be proposed or not. As I said in originally, the no dig is a bit too much to be uh, even considered but sleeving is another issue. And I asked Mr Brown if sleeving could be an option. Well, that, that condition gives you that option because you're exactly right. If you put a condition that says no dig, it can be over the top and you are in situations where sometimes it can't be achieved. So that is why that, so that tree protection condition covers all eventualities, including the sleeving option that you come up. I'm not saying that's necessarily going to be the option, but it is an option that's there. As that is the case, I regularly propose the officer's recommendation. Fine. Do I have a seconder for that, Councillor Ranger? Are you seconding? And would you like? Yes, in respect of the uh, tree protection, it may well be found that uh, hand dig in the area of the root uh, spread is the most desirable operation there, sir. Thank you, Chairman. This is very straightforward in terms of the proposal. Members went by this today. It is a fence that requires planning permission because it's more than one metre fronting a highway. In officers' view, it is not considered an appropriate form of development in this location, and that's why officers feel that it is inappropriate development. Because it is retrospective, we, are, we will be then seeking formal enforcement action if the matter is refused. So the application is to refuse planning permission, Chairman. Do I have a seconder for that? Councillor Salmon. Does anybody wish to speak on this issue? Councillor Parry. It's quite disappointing. Everyone's ready to say no. The, the fence itself is way back from the actual highway. There's no obstruction caused by it. The condition that it's there was to enable the children in the garden, the children and dogs, to remain in the garden. The, the owner is prepared to paint the fence, prepare to put a hedging around in to, and officers were agreeable to that at one point and then changed their mind. So it's been yes and no for quite some time. So I'd rather a sensible approach, common sense approach was adopted, that if proper conditions that it was painted and hedging put around it, it's more than acceptable. Um, I hear what you say, but I think it's very firm that it should be more than one metre normally on a corner well, plot. <laughs> to pick up Councillor Perry's point, the application is to repay, re retain the fence in that location. 
if the applicant was, and we have been speaking to the applicant, if the applicant wanted to change the fence, colour the fence, plant in front of the fence, then that would have been part of the application. The applicant's response is to retain the fence in this location. And I can understand, Mr Perry, Councillor Perry's view, by refusing this, we will then need to speak to them before we serve an enforcement action, and we will take that, but that will be the natural follow. Even following enforcement action, we could still keep talking to them, because there is a way forward. Councillor Ranger. Yes, thank you, Chairman. Um, this is incongruous to the uh, area. I mean, if every corner of that estate had a fence like that, it would be horrendous. Um, the... What must be established, and uh, ask Mr Brown's advice on this, um, is the fence on the boundary ownership line. Um, if it is, then uh, it, a fence could be installed behind the boundary line and planting put in front of it, so that eventually the fence is not needed. Um, but, I mean, no, that is overkill, and I don't think we can approve that. Thank you. Anybody else wish to make any comments? It's being proposed and seconded for refusal. Um, do you wish us to do enforcement at this particular matter? No. No, that's not. Okay. All those in favour, please show of refusal. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Those against? One. One. It has been refused. Okay. Um... I am going to suggest a recess of five minutes. I'm sorry for everybody that's waiting for ages, but I do understand why Councillor Davy has asked for, for a recess. So five minutes. And could we really please stick to five minutes? It is, by my watch, nearly 25 past five. It's by that one. So I want you all back just after 25 past five, please.
Okay, members, we're all back. We will reconvene the meeting, and we are going on to actually item five on the agenda, which is the land north of Stansford Road, Elsnam. We deferred this last time to get hold of the transcript. I have to say, having read it, my mother would be turning in her grave at the amount of yays that <laughs> I am attributed to have said, and I will try and see um, yes in future to everything. Um, Mr. Taylor, you're going to start, and then Mr. Brown, you're going to come in. Okay. Yeah, thank you, Chairman. Um, this report is in uh, a number of different parts. Um, you'll all appreciate this site um, has, has been back and forwards to committee a number of times. As Councillor Cheatham just said, you deferred the application at the last meeting so that a transcript of the discussion could be produced. And that transcript was sent to you, but it's also attached from page 135 onwards. And that sets out clearly the decision um, you made, um, so clearly that um, we've tried to transcribe it into two reasons for refusal. Um, the reasons for refusal that uh, I have drafted are set out on the bottom of page 99. Now these relate to the reasons, and you need to remember that what you are now doing is looking at the reasons of refusal that you refused this application for two meetings ago. Um, one is in relation to uh, the vehicle access point in relation to the residential property at Hillcroft, in relation to GEM1 and GEM2. Um, there were a number of other points raised throughout the meeting um, one in uh, relation to garden sizes, one relating to car parking standards, but it was cleared up at the meeting that both of those uh, the scheme complies with. Um, so the only other issue that was raised was the use of garage courts um, in terms of the design. So that's the other reason for refusal um, that I've drafted in relation to GN2. So the, the first aspect um, that you need to do as part of this report is to confirm or not, that that is the decision that this committee took two meetings ago and nothing more. And once we've done that, we need to move on um, with the rest of the report. But if I can ask you to do that element first. Oh, I'm sorry. And just, just to confirm, Councillor Kant cannot participate in that vote because she wasn't at that meeting. Right. And for, for the first part of this meeting... Yes? Councillor Hicks, to get your name. Yes. Um, Chairman, I was about to ask for a little more explanation in the sense that um, uh, what um, Mr Taylor has asked is that we confirm our uh, reason for refusal. Now, if I wasn't subscribing to those reasons for refusal because, in my view, those reasons were contrived and desperate attempts to... Um, uh, achieve a certain Let me stop you there. Let me stop you there. Mr. Would you like to explain the whole system to, to Councillor Higgs? I, I think he was then going to go on to say, should I be voting for it or not, because I didn't review it. This is, to, this is a re to confirm the decision the committee took. So, for argument's sake, even if you voted in, against the recommendation to refuse you still have recollection of what the committee did in terms of the refusal at that meeting. So what we're asking you to do is to confirm, so that's everybody, 
excluding Councillor Kent, um, that everybody who has a recollection of that meeting and has now read the transcript, whether the, these two reasons for refusal are a fair reflection of that decision, whether you agree with them or not. But that this is uh, pointing out in terms of the, the, the reasons for the decision taken at that meeting. Is that clear? I think so. Um. It's, it's, we were all at the meeting. We might have lost the vote if we voted against refusal, but the reasons for refusal we have to clarify, and that is what we're going to do. Now, before we do any more talking here, I'm going to invite Dr. Mott to come and speak again um, on this particular issue. So I think Dr. Mott understands the, the, whole, the whole thing. Um, first, Madam Chairman, before I start, if, if I might clarify my understanding, I am talking now um, purely about the reasons for refusal. Yes. And there is an understanding, which I made with Mr Brown before the last meeting, that in the event that the committee should go on to consider the application itself, then I will be given the chance to speak again. Right. I'm glad we've agreed that far. That, I mean, is, 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 isn't it great to be off to a good start? Right. Thank you very much. Madam Chairman, I shall limit these remarks to the reasons for, for refusal of the application at the meeting on the 11th of March. At the meeting on the 8th of April, the officer's report suggested that the issue of access was the sole reason for refusal. I said on that occasion that I was grateful to those councillors who spoke in my support regarding access. Nevertheless, it was clear to me that other issues were involved. The officers now proposed that parking courts was also an issue. But if rejection was based solely on these two issues, it is doubtful whether there would be a need for clarification. Whilst the transcript of the meeting on the 11th of March is no doubt helpful, it cannot tell the whole story of the reasons for refusal. The proposal for acceptance was defeated. It was not a recommendation to refuse. It was a proposal to accept, and that was defeated. And therefore, it is not possible to consult the proposal and the seconder. I believe that some members of the committee in the majority did not speak, and so it is difficult to say which issues weighed with them. The application was discussed at the meeting on the 11th of February prior to refusal on the 11th of March and various design issues featured largely in the discussion on both occasions. Peter Johnson raised some of these issues when speaking on behalf of the Parish Council at both meetings. Some councillors who favoured refusal on the grounds of access also had concerns regarding design without necessarily being more specific. Particular design issues which were mentioned included three-storey blocks of flats unprecedented in Elsinham where the design does not accord with the dormer windows uh, described in the outline planning description, small gardens, flats over garages with balconies rather than gardens, visitor parking and parking courts, a bare minimum of amenity space, intensity of the proposed layout, general unsuitability to a village location. I suggest that design, these design issues can be located within GEN2. 
Um, it does seem to me, Madam Chairman, that the application has not been amended sufficiently as to warrant uh, the committee reconsidering um, the application. However, I'm grateful for your confirmation that if the committee should go on to reconsider, then I and others will be able to address the committee again. Um, Madam Chairman, I hope these remarks on the reasons for refusal will be helpful, and I thank you and the committee um, for your attention. Thank you. Now, I think the Parish Council wish to speak. Peter Johnson, do you wish to speak at this point? Very briefly, Madam Chairman, um, Dr. Mott has uh, beautifully summarised the situation, I think, both for himself and for the Parish Council. As regards the reasons for refusal, uh, I have to agree on behalf of the Parish Council uh, the reasons given by Dr. Mott <clears throat> that there was significant number of concerns uh, voiced by members uh, regarding certain elements of the development and its design. Uh, it was mentioned, for instance, that the parking had been addressed with the exception of the, um, the parking courts. Um, I would have to say that I challenge that to a degree. The parking provision and its design, in our view, is poor. Excessive parking spaces for the larger houses should not be used as an offset for the demands of the visitor parking requirement, which seems in this particular development to have occurred. Um, as regards the other issues, the two and a half storey um, apartment buildings, these do dominate the street scene. In the location of the site, which is on the edge of Elsenham Village, close to an ancient woodland, um, it would stand out. Uh, and certainly the developer's drawings uh, emphasise this point. Uh, there are other issues which we have highlighted over the past three meetings. Um, the road junction, which uh, Dr. Mott has highlighted most successfully, uh, the developer has attempted to mitigate the effects on Dr. Mott and his property by moving the junction further to the east. Unfortunately, there is a new development uh, property on the other side of the road, and now that uh, environmental effect will be inflicted on them, possibly to an even greater extent than to Dr. Mott. So... The junction and its design in the Parish Council's view is fundamentally flawed and should re be readdressed before this application uh, is uh, ultimately, I assume, to be adopted given that it has an outline planning application status um, having been approved. I think with that, Madam Chairman, I will finish my remarks at this point. Uh, Mr. Teddy, you wish to comment before we go to the um, members? So I just want to so clarify, so we, we're not considering any amendments that have been made. We're considering the reasons for refusal. Um, and so a, the recommendation is um, from somebody that these are the reasons for refusal that were made at that meeting two meetings ago, or 
what they should be changed to to make that. So it's not we propose refusal, it's that yes, these are the reasons for a refusal that, that on the decision that was made. So that's slightly, it's not proposing refusal. Right. As I recall it, it was Councillor Mackman and Councillor Parry. Unfortunately, Councillor Mackman's had to go home with a migraine. Councillor Parry, could you... Uh, let, let me say that my understanding is, as uh, has been put in the report, um, in principle, poor design, as been said, covers a number of or a number of issues, not just the design. Been called in uh, the three-storey flats, the dormer windows, flats over garages, that sort of thing. But I don't know whether or not we want to put more meat on the bone, or if we're satisfied with poor design and location of the, and the vehicle access. But that was my understanding. The basic principle was that. Any further? I was told that Peter Biggs didn't want to speak. You didn't. That, I was correct on that. Well, fine. Okay, that's fine. I, just wanted, I saw you speaking. I thought, oops, I've left somebody out. Sorry, continue, Councillor Perry. I'm proposing that, You're yes. Proposing proposing that we Uh, we've been backing up today. We can't rely on numbers. We must give re we must give more meat to the bone. So, all those in favour, please show. Except for Councillor Kemp. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Right. Those against? There aren't any. Okay. Now, this, Mr. Brown, or maybe, maybe, right? You're going to. Um, so now, yes. So now um, the situation is that uh, we've clarified the reasons for refusal. In the intervening period, we obviously still have a live planning application. It's a live application with a bit of paper goes out the door. Um, the applicants have um, submitted some amendments um, that have been out to public consultation with the Parish Council and Dr Mott. And... Um, They've been submitted um, from their response to attempt to overcome the conversation at the meeting two meetings ago. Um, now, officers' strong recommendation is that they need to be considered by the council, and to do that, um, you need to um, suspend standing orders so that you can consider those amended plans. Now, on this ground, Councillor Kant can vote. Um, and as part of the decision um, in terms of suspending standing orders or not and so on he's proposed and second that so that then the amended plans can be considered and then Mr Brown will go through those and explain the amendments that have been made but that's the next stage With regard to that I will propose from the chair that we suspend standing orders so that we can discuss the revised plan that has come in. Do I have a seconder for that, Councillor Hicks? You can seconded that. Um, shall I go straight to the vote on that one? All those in favour of suspending standing orders so we can make, discuss the next part, please show. I think everybody. It's unanimous. Okay, now, Mr. Brown, you're going to take us through it.
page 99, we now have those were the refusal reasons which the um, applicant has been trying to address. The first issue resulted towards regarding the proximity of the access, and if we go to a better plan, the proximity of the access to Dr. Mott's property. Now, Dr. Mott's property is uh, Hillside, which is Hillcroft, sorry, <laughs> which is on this side, and with the with the requirement to demolish the property adjacent to him. And so the aim of the day was to try to move this access as far away to the east as you possibly could do from the property. And I think that was the main issue. Um, there was a call to try to move it completely to the other side of the boundary and to move that house. But one of the problems that we've had, and as outlined in the report, is the Highway Authority have objected to it being moved any further east than what is actually proposed. So what is, being, what is moving is, and you'll see in the recommendation bit, um, in terms of the actual design, is, is the applicants have provided an amended plan which proposes a relocation of the access 2.2 metres to the east of the previous sighting. Um, that then will achieve the absolute minimum visibility that highways would accept. So any further to the east, highways would object to that particular proposal. So on that ground, and I think that's back down to, I'm sorry we keep talking about this wriggle room that the, that the chairman mentioned, but I think that's a good way of putting it in terms of how far away could we do it. And in my in officer's opinion, 2.2 metres is as far away from that, bearing in mind this was always going to be the point at which the access to the site was going to be when members considered the outline. So I think to insist on it being moved any further away, first of all, that would be detrimental to highway safety in terms of visibility to the east, and secondly, would be wholly unreasonable. So on that basis, I think the applicant has addressed that reason for refusal. The second issue, this is not a submission, this is a clarification plan, is in terms of the, the offer of... Um, garage courts around the site. Actually, if I go back a bit to the actual layout, you'll see that there are a number of garage courts within the site. It's not actually easy to, to actually see where they actually are, but there are areas within the development whereby parking is actually... I can't actually see one at the moment. Yeah, there's one. Yeah, there's, yeah, there's, one, there's one there, and there's one up there. <coughs> and there's one there. Now, that is, now, there is always, and it's a sort of a strap line, that members don't like garage courts. There is no policy to actually back that up in terms of actually say, especially as we are now talking about being very slavish to the Essex Design Guide, um, we haven't adopted the Essex Design Guide and we use it as a good rule of thumb in terms of dealing with garden sizes, etc. But garage courts are actually advocated within the, within the Essex Design Guide. I think members' concern is a number of parking spaces in a particular area that are unlikely to be used. And I think that's the issue. It's not necessarily, you know, as long as they're, as long as they're so, so the issue is, and we have got experiences of places where car parking spaces and car garage courts have been provided, where car parking isn't provided adjacent and it isn't used, so they park on the road. That is part of the problem. So what the applicant has tried to do here, and I think they've successfully done it, is actually shown that this is an area, and we're not trying to be pedantic here, it is a parking court, but what it is is an area where parking for adjacent to properties is actually shown to be adjacent to properties. It's not an area round the back. It's actually an area where you've got parking adjacent to existing properties and it would be used. They've also shown here that the, the area will be softened. This is what a garage court 
a parking court on this particular scheme would be actually being able to use, will actually come out as being looking. And it is not actually, this is not what they're relying on in terms of providing the garage, in terms of providing parking across the site. They do provide enough car parking. There's just some sites where some car parking coincides adjacent to dwellings, whereby and I think we've got another one there where you've got parking areas which are adjacent to properties. That's adjacent to 127 there. That's adjacent to 105. So you actually have parking that's adjacent to properties that just happen to be in the right, all in the right place. That's not trying to be clever. It's just, and, and so it's, uh, the level of that particular parking court is very, very low. It's not highly reliant. And we cannot, I don't think there's a policy basis to object to them in principle. We need to look at them in detail in terms of what's the actual harm. And in my opinion, I still will stand for that particular condition, that particular refusal reason is particularly undefensible. But I think with what the applicant has provided in terms of clarification, hopefully has put members' concerns at rest. So on that basis, I feel that the applicant has demonstrated and in terms of their original submissions, that the refusal reasons fall away and that officer's recommendation is to go back to the original recommendation to approval that was three, three, two committees back. Thank you. Now I'm going to invite Dr Mott forward again to speak on this. What can we call this? Revised application? Amended plans. Amended plans. Amended plans. Okay. Thank you. Madam Chairman, it is proposed to move the access road 2.2 metres to the east. I welcome the slight improvement and the recognition, recognition that movement is feasible. However, I still contend that access should be as far as possible from existing houses in Stansted Road, a total movement by my estimate of about 9 metres. The Highway Authority's reported view is that movement of the access any further to the east would be likely to compromise the level of visibility. Madam Chairman, if this accorded with facts on the ground, I would not be here. Stansford's Road is very straight along this stretch in both directions. For any vehicle emerging from the new access, the obstruction to visibility nearest to the road would be the bush established for over 30 years on the boundary of our premises to the west, that is, the driver's right. The edge of the spinney to the east is further from the road than this bush. Also, visibility to the east, the driver's left, is helped through traffic being on the further side of the road. These facts can easily be checked by anyone who cares to visit the site. The revised proposal leaves intact all the reasons for my concern. We would still be obliged to reverse in or out across the new junction on a busy main road. Visibility to the west would still be impeded by parking, often on the pavement, in front of the row of small houses, 10 within about 75 metres, in Stansted Road. Parking in front of our house would still breach highway code provisions on parking close to a junction. Government guidelines state that parking and access should be controlled to prevent parking within splay lines, but parking here is unavoidable, so move the access. Highway authority guidelines do not have regard for the highway code or the proximity of a junction to private access or parking patterns. This committee must consider these matters and reject the application under Gen 1 citing safety. Madam Chairman, I must also mention some other matters. A further period of consultation was opened expiring on the 8th of April. 
the differing responses of several local residents, including my own, have been unaccountably ignored. Two new matters were raised where information was not previously available. I lack the time to describe them properly. A newly enacted tree preservation order affects several trees hard up against and overhanging the boundary of this site, making the plan untenable. All 15 five-bedroom houses include fully equipped, detached so-called studios, which could easily be sublet as bed-sitting rooms, thereby increasing the households beyond the approved number. Both these matters should be investigated and resolved before planning approval can be considered. Madam Chairman, again, I thank you and the committee for your attention. Thank you very much. And now the next person that wishes to speak, I believe, is Peter Johnson. You'd like to come up. Thank you, Madam Chairman. You will forgive me if I am slightly hesitant. Uh, my presentation has had to be slightly rearranged um, following the uh, events uh, of today. I think the general statement that uh, I need to make on behalf of the Parish Council is that the Parish Council acknowledges that a number of new housing developments within Elsnam have already received outline planning permission but considers nevertheless that developers have a responsibility to put forward designs that not only live up to the planning standards demanded, but also provide Elsnam with new housing that integrates sympathetically with the, with the existing village. Unfortunately, at least in the Parish Council's view, these goals do not seem to have been achieved with this development. I have to agree with Dr. Mock's views regarding the access junction. The junction, as I said before, is fundamentally flawed in the Parish Council's view. The junction could be moved further to the east, and I'm sure there is some in the District Council's view wriggle room for this. I think the, one of the biggest problems is property number one on the eastern side of the access road which is also pre preventing the road being further uh, moved further to the east as regards the parking courts i am afraid the parish council is at slightly a disadvantage here uh, i have been actively monitoring on behalf of the parish council the uttlesford website and at no time have i seen the drawing that was displayed on the screen this afternoon regarding the courts, nor have I been contacted by the parish clerk to say that these drawing, or this drawing was available uh, for examination. So I'm in the position where I cannot clearly comment on behalf of the parish council because I haven't been given the time to examine that drawing and think of any reasons why we may or may not wish to object to them. Um, overall, I feel that the development could be better and that is the view of the Parish Council. Uh, we know this development will come forward but we would like to see improvements in the development because at the end of the day Elsnam as a village has to live with it. Thank you Madam Chairman. Thank you. Now I think Mr Briggs you'd like to come and talk this time. You get three minutes. Okay. Three minutes. Okay. Thank you, Chair, and also 
committee for the opportunity to speak again on the, uh, uh, the revised plans. During the last three months, this scheme has been considered by the council members by the Council and members have raised issues in relation to apartment designs, provision of amenity space, parking provision and queries in relation to lifetime home standards, highway widths and vehicle tracking around the scheme as well as many other points. At each meeting we have presented a scheme that addresses all of these points and fully, fully complies with the Council's planning policies. There are no planning policies which this scheme is contrary to. All professional consultees have raised no objection to the scheme. This includes no objection from Essex County Highway Authority, the Thames Water Utilities, Anglin Water and Affinity Water, Essex County Sustainable Drainage, the Environment Agency, Essex County Ecology, Essex Back Group, Natural England, Essex Wildlife Trust, Uttlesford's own housing officer and their landscape officer as well in relation to impact on trees. Essex County Minerals have raised no objection, nor have Essex Ramblers Association, National Grid or NHS Property Services. Your planning officers have now presented four reports to the planning committee, each type, time stating that reserved matters should be approved. The reason for refusal set out by members relate to the impact of access location on the amenities of neighbours and the use of parking courts. We have moved the access 2.2 metres to the west, further away from the neighbouring property. This is as far east as we can move the access to ensure adequate visibility is made to the east. The impact on the neighbour's amenity from noise and disturbance from vehicles using the access will be reduced from pre its previous location and will certainly be significantly less disturbance than when the site was being used as a body repair shop workshop which abutted the neighbour's property. The site has been granted outline planning permission accepted the outline permission accepted in principle um, the access to the site and for 155 dwellings. There is no other location for the access to be positioned. The proposed access location to the neighbouring properties is also no different to many schemes approved within the district, further to our review of other residential schemes permitted by the committee over the last three years. This includes the development directly to the north of the site, the Orchard Station Road in Elsham. It is considered by your officers that the change in access position overcomes reason for, for refusal one. The second reason for refusal refers to poor design as a result of the provision of parking courts. Your officers state in their report there is no policy basis to object to the use of parking courts. The Essex Design Guide and the Essex Parking Standards set out how parking courts could be designed. Our scheme fully adheres to and complies with this design guidance as to how parking courts should be arranged and located within a development. They are small size, overlooked from surrounding properties and provide parking to properties that directly abut courtyards. All parking spaces are therefore located in close proximity to properties and in relation to the plans that have been submitted they are for illustrative purposes only and what they demonstrate is that if members were to grant permission a condition could be imposed uh, that we would look to submit further details in relation to materials in terms of block work for courtyards, soft landscaping um, and, and would be dealt with in that way. So on this basis we recommend or would ask the mem members to uh, approve the application. Thank you. Thank you very much. Before I bring members in, could I just have some clarification on subleps to five bedroom houses because they've got flats attached and the TPOs. Mr Brown, I think you could clarify those. I'll two. do the TPOs first and um, the council's 
landscape officer has looked at this scheme, then that would have looked at it from a view of, in terms of the quality of the landscape scheme submitted, as well as the impact upon the preserved trees. And so there's no concerns from the council's tree officer on that issue. So there are, as far as we're concerned, there's no issues regarding the uh, effect on TPO trees. Um, and any works to those TPO trees would require formal consent from us, obviously. In terms of letting separate, letting, it's just like any other house. If you've got a house, a large house, and you want to let some of the rooms out as a separate unit, um, that would, it's a fact and degree issue, but more often than not, that would need planning permission. So it is no different to a normal situation. And in terms of if we were faced with any applications to let off a room as a separate accommodation, parking is one of those issues that we would all, the, the issues of parking, amenity space, and where it's located. And, and the big issue here would be parking before we took that into account. And I believe the law has changed on subletting houses, isn't it? Maybe not in the rural, it definitely has in London. I've got an article about it. Right, who would like to lead off on this? Councillor Perry. I'll be a pain, Chairman. I'm going to ask for a deferral for the following reasons. Yes, I can. I can ask for it. I don't have to get supported by it. I don't feel that true consultation has been given to the parish councils. I also wanted highways here for this particular reason, so that we can actually get them to say the reasons why they cannot be moved, this cannot be done, that cannot be done. They should be here in support of it. And I'd like to have seen Ben Smeadon's report on the TPOs. So we haven't been given the full facts, so I'd like to have the full facts. If I'm voted down, I'm voted down. But that is my proposal. Do I have a seconder for that? Okay, then I have to stop debate straight away and go to a vote. It has been seconded by Councillor Salmon, um, proposed by Councillor Perry. We defer this for further information. I won't be here to discuss it, but maybe some of the rest of you will. All those in favour, please show... Hmm? Can I vote about whether the application is deferred or not? Yeah, yeah, yes. yes. You can vote about... Yes, you can. On the deferral, but not the next one. No. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. No, you can on this one, can't yes. you? On the deferral. Yes. On the deferral, you can. Right. All those in favour of deferral, please show. Four. Those against, please show. One, two, three, four, five. Right. It, the deferral has has been voted down. So let us continue. Um, Next person, Councillor Hicks. Chairman, I would like to propose that, um, in view of the. Uh, most recent negotiations with the uh, applicant and the uh, changes which have been made that we should, uh, I would like to recommend this for now at this stage for approval. Do I have a seconder for that? Yeah. Councillor Ranger, would you like to speak at this moment? Yes, yeah, Chairman. Uh, I, I am now in favour of uh, moving this matter forward, um, but the, the concern of the Parish Council on the uh, parking court arrangements and as the agent said they were for illustrative purposes only can we make sure there is a condition that those details in particular are included within any landscaping condition and I, yeah. would they be sorry would they be open to consultation through the parish council in the event when they're submitted first part of that question i would suggest a separate condition 13 makes it very, very pertinent that there's details of the of the garage, the garage courts, parking courts, car parking courts. There's no garages there. Car parking courts are submitted to and approved. In terms of consultation, we don't have a 
point of we don't usually consult third parties on issues regarding submitted conditions, but I think as we would do with all other developments as this goes forward, um, we would have an engagement with the parish council and the local residents as well before we start. And what I would anticipate is when those conditions are submitted, we would have an engagement with the parish council and the local residents with the developer, both in terms of dealing with those details as well as dealing with them actually starting on site in terms of rules of engagement. And, and uh, so. Could you just point us to the page for the original 128. 128 thank you I've got my pages in a muddle here so I just wanted to go back the conditions that were proposed when this was refused originally so members are clear on those council account um, thank you it does seem to me that um, this road now is further away from Hillcroft than most ordinary planning permissions we give. How far is it actually away from Hillcroft? I mean, if it's been it, it is, it is 10 metres. It is 10 metres, which is So we're talking about 32 feet. Yeah. I mean, that is further away than, than most houses get put. And I think it is quite close to the new house, but the new house will be sold, and presumably, if people feel it is too close to the road, they won't buy it. They do have a choice. Dr. Mott doesn't have a choice, but he is now further away from the road, I think, than most people. Just one point on parking courts. Um, I know it's probably a totally irrational fear, but most women, and, and I, I refer to the Flitch Green estate, most women hate parking courts. If you come home late at night, it's dark, what you do not want to do is get out of your car and have to walk some distance through an underpass or whatever around in the dark to your front door. And so I, I think they really are very female unfriendly. Um, and of course what, ha what has happened on Fitch Green is that they have become venues for um, social problems. And so I, I think, I cannot imagine why any developer would want to build into its scheme problems when you can park by your front door, no sense of fear, get in and out, uh, and you have a green space for children to play on rather than banging balls up against. But I, I think on the access problem, I, I really cannot see how that could possibly be supported. I have to say that I will echo Councillor Kant's comments on parking courts. They are not nice places to park in, and I have done it over the years. And, and I would hope that uh, this council, while they go through their local plan policy framework rejig, would actually look at trying to dissuade developers to have parking courts. It, it's very easy to do. We've had to do one recently in Little Camfield, but that was, and I hope that this is true of those that 
Barrett Holmes have sh David Wilson Holmes have shown us that they actually have access through the back of their properties. In other words, you can park in a car parking court and you can go straight into your back door. But if you then have to walk under an arch and round to the front, they are not nice, and I have had to use them. And all right, as I'm, I didn't like them when I was younger, and I definitely don't like them as I'm older. Councillor Ranger. Yes, thank you, Chairman. It, it struck me that um, when Councillor Kent raised that issue that it may be that the designers could bring in some level of um, sensor-controlled security lighting for the, for the nighttime hours that those are used. If we have them, that's fine. But I actually think what I think Councillor Kant and I are saying is, from the female perspective, it's nice if you don't start with them. Um, you know, and maybe we can encourage developers to actually think out of the box and not look at them. Mr. Taylor. I do think security lights are triggered by cats. And if you happen to live near to them, as I do, um, and you sleep in a bedroom sometimes that has flashing lights as the cats play with the lights, Um, if we can get away from security lights and cats. Um, I understand the points that Councillor Kant has made. Um, I completely agree in terms of the access point, which is why officers are again strongly recommending um, the approval on it. In terms of the, the car parking courts, um, I think what we've done in this location is looked at the, the, the small number that have been provided. They are close to the existing properties. They're overlooked by the properties, overlooked by the flats above garages. It's not separate from the properties where I can understand the comments made. So. It's, I don't think you can approach it from a blanket point of view. You have to look at each and individual case, and on these, we feel that they are acceptable. Is there anybody else who wishes to speak on this matter? Right. It has been proposed and seconded for approval uh, with the conditions that are on page 128.29, and I don't think you have... Added added any, added the, the, the landscaping. Okay, fine. And also, can I make sure, because this was a couple of meetings ago, that we have got a traffic management uh, with regard to construction traffic on this? I think that is terribly important. Condition two, no events will take place. Okay. Right. But I should also add that we will have... Uh, uh, an early meeting between officers as soon as we got a start on site because this is, there is a relationship issue as we're both experiencing on, on sites between developers and so it's not just going to be hidden within that construction management there will be engagement with the developer and the locals at the time as well. I sincerely hope you will be talking to the parish council I think it's very important if we are minded to approve that we then all, everybody moves forward together to make sure that the development happens in harmony. Right are all those in favour for development approval, please share. One, two, three, four, five, six. Those against? One, two. Right. Councillor can't, can't, can't vote, apparently. No, she can't. So the development is passed. Thank you all for your time now. We still have some more work to do. We have got item 6, page 145, west of Woodside Way, Great Dunmow. Thank you, And Jim. thank you, everybody. And thank you. I do apologise it's been so long. I thought my last meeting might not be so long, but I might just make my parish council meeting. <laughs> Um, thank you, uh, Chairman. The next item is page 145.
a relatively short um, report. You remember that um, consent is, or you recommended consent to be granted for development on west of Woodside Way in Great Dunmo. The legal agreement has taken some time due to the number of ownerships um, involved. We're now at uh, the, the situation of um, uh, about to sign the legal agreement, um, and the applicant has requested um, that the, the time um, limit condition imposed be changed from one year to three years. You remember that there was a period when we were imposing a shorter period, but now we've moved away from that. It doesn't alter the deliverability of housing numbers, but it does give flexibility in relation to the site coming forward. So officers recommend that this should be approved so that a legal agreement can be signed and, and consent issued. I'd like to propose we accept the officer's recommendation, Chairman. Councillor Lemon, does anybody wish to speak to this? I think there's a very good reason why we need to do this. All those in favour, please show. Unanimous. Okay, fine. And the next item is, is item seven, which is an urgent item, which is the tree application for Great Chesterford. And it came on a separate piece of paper. Here we go, item agenda seven. Thank you, Chairman. Just to clarify, this is an urgent matter because it's, a, it's consent to... It's notification to fell a tree and to do works to trees on a conservation area, which we have to determine within a period of time. And literally, the committee timetable meant that this had to be the committee. Otherwise, um, the proposal is to, and you'll see the photographs within the report, um, to reduce and reshape 30% uh, of a yew tree, uh, reduce by 0.5% of a sycamore, uh, reduce the height by one metre and reshape one bay tree, repollard one ash tree, prune one holly tree within a conservation area. Um, the, tree officer, the tree officer has no concerns regarding this. His response would be to serve a tea preservation order on them. That's the only option he would have. He does not think this appropriate, so the recommendation is to raise no objection to the proposed works. Looks like the poor old ash tree is looking a bit sad from the picture I've got. <laughs> um, members, do I have a seconder for that? Thank you. All those in favour? Okay. Right. Now the only the only other item is going. I am going to say is that it is my mine last meeting on this council and last meeting as chairman of planning and uh, also it is councillor Kant's last meeting I just wanted to say uh, thank you all to the officers the members and everybody that has helped me over the past eight years as your chairman and also for the 19 years that I have been on the planning committee I am still learning uh, I won't go away, Mr. Taylor, because I've joined the parish council. <laughs> so <laughs> so um, maybe I should be looking at it from a very, from, from maybe a very different aspect. But planning law is planning law, and we all have to adhere to planning law. I've thoroughly enjoyed my time here. It's a very challenging committee, um, and we don't always agree, but I always feel that once we go out the door there, we just leave it at the door. And uh, I'd like to thank you. Thank you. Councillor Kant, I think you wanted to say a few words. <laughs> <laughs> Councillor Kant did ask if she, she... I knew she wanted to make a few words.
Um, Just to echo what you said, really, I mean, 18 years, I think, uh, I mentioned to Jackie earlier, when I came onto the the district council, my very first meeting uh, of the council, Councillor Chambers, who was leader then, stood up and said he hoped my stay would be a short and happy one. I have to say that after 18 years, it's been a long and happy one, and I'm glad to have proved him wrong. And I think, um, like most of people on um, planning, the thing I've enjoyed most about planning is that politics stops at the door and we work together as a team and we disagree a lot but as Jackie says at the end of the meeting we sit down we have a cup of tea we have a chat and that's it and it is it's planning application on its merits and you win some you lose some and I remember once saying to John Mitchell when he was um, um, planning leader um, you know, don't you get really upset when you know you spent all this time on a planning application? And he said the same. You win some, you lose some. You walk out of the door and you do the next piece of work. And I would like to thank officers because during my time as, as chairman and on the planning committee, officers have been really helpful. Um, and you know, I've really appreciated that. And I think, like Jackie, I'm still on the planning committee, and I should go back to being chair of the parish council planning committee. I think. <laughs> I do think I'll get there. So I'm a new, I'm a new lady, uh, Councillor Menel. But I, we, we discussed in the room earlier that we'd both, we'd all, like to thank you, Jackie, and you, Christina, for your wonderful advice and guidance, excellent chairing of this committee and helping us all through some difficult times. And I personally will miss you both and I miss Councillor Godwin too and we never had a chance to thank her for all her uh, input into this committee. But thank you very much for being an absolute superb chair. You'll have me me in tears in a minute. I was basically going to echo what Jan had said and uh, uh, you're the only planning chairman I've known. Um, I think you've handled four years of very difficult decisions very well um, and I think the incoming chairman has got a lot to learn from the way you've dealt with it because he, he or she is going to uh, experience a lot more of the same. Mr. Taylor wants to say something. <laughs> um, thank you. I was, just, I was going to echo slightly what, what, what Councillor Ranger just said. Um, from an officer's perspective, thank you very much for all your, your support and work over the last few years. Um, it's been a challenging few years, and I, I don't think that when you came on to the council in 2011, well, came on to this planning committee in 2011 at, at this time, you would necessarily have expected the radical changes that have happened in the planning system, which have made the job for all officers and members quite different and quite challenging. Um, but I think this committee has dealt admirably with those challenges, and I completely agree with the comments. Regardless of where we go, officers and members um, do rub along relatively well together, and. Uh, Thank you for all your support and wish you all well in whatever happens in the future. Yes, wish, I, I forgot to add, wish you all well for whatever you want. Okay, thank you. I close the meeting at 20 past six.